Hi, I'm Robin Birkin, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice, and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid, and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome, warrior. You're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hi, warrior. How are you? I feel like this is kind of a fun episode because what I'm going to talk to you about is seven minor changes that can have a major impact on your journey. So one of the things I want to say before we get started is that there are no silver bullets, y'all. There is no magic quick fix that's just going to fix your fertility. There's no like easy pill you can take that's just going to magically fix everything and make everything okay. Like it takes hard work. And sometimes when we're on this journey and we have this big goal that we're trying to achieve, y'all, you've got to put in the yards. It's like for me, I suppose this is quite personal, I currently weigh the same as what I weighed when I was full term, so fully pregnant with about to give birth to Chloe, my first child. So I am currently on the process of trying to get my weight and my figure. It's never going to be back to what it was. Hello, like I've been through, (laughs) I've been through a lot. There's a lot of scars and things like that, but try to get it to not even about losing weight it's just that I feel like where my body is at the moment is not at its like happy best and that requires a lot of work it's not going to be like just one thing it's I have to actually get off my butt start exercising I have to start eating like or cutting out the processed and refined foods and things like that sometimes we have to work for what we want and it's the same as pregnancy and when I was trying to conceive you know I really overhauled my diet I put so much work into employing healthy coping mechanisms to help me deal with the stress and the anxiety that trying to conceive brought. So today I'm sharing with you seven minor changes that can have a major impact and that is absolutely true but that doesn't mean that you can do these seven things and then eat like fries from McDonald's and sit around and watch Netflix all day. I know that you know that. You're all really well-educated and clever people, so I know that you know that. However, I know that sometimes it can also be really nice to have some quick tips that can help make a big impact on your health, and I certainly love those, and these are things that help me in my life. And they're just really easy tweaks to make. Don't we all just love, you know, like when someone's got a tip like, oh my God, I bought this and it was really helpful and it was really great or, oh, this is a really good tool to have. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. So I'm really, I'm actually really excited to share that with you. Isn't that a bit sad or is that kind of a cool thing? Okay, let's just get started with seven minor changes that can have a major impact on your journey. So number one is to drink water upon waking up. So it's really easy in the morning when we wake up to just reach for a coffee or I don't know, reach for whatever else you reach for in the morning. But if you start your day with some lemon water, 
It's a really good way to break the fast. It's a really good way to start your digestive juices flowing in the right way to help your digestion, to help you get optimal kind of acidity in your stomach. And our guts are responsible for so much more than we give them credit for. So I think it's a really easy and really nice way to improve our digestion. When we get our digestion and our gut right, that can affect all areas of our bodies. It can affect our brains. It can affect our overall health. Another thing you can do is use apple cider vinegar, which is actually what I do. So, and I have this, I'm addicted to this thing called fire cider. So it's apple cider vinegar. If you get apple cider vinegar, make sure you have it with the mother, which is like all the nasty. Like if you get it and it looks like it's got bits in it, then that's actually the good stuff because that comes with the mother, which is all the kind of with apple cider vinegar, it's almost like a probiotic, I think, as well, because it's like kind of fermented. When it comes with the mother, that's when it's got all the good, healthy stuff in it. But fire cider also has things often like chili and stuff like that added. I like it. It just gives me this kick. It's an acquired taste, like who would want to have vinegar? And sometimes what I'll do is I'll have it upon waking. Sometimes I'll put about a tablespoon in my stainless steel water bottle and I'll sip on that throughout the day. But it's a really good way to support your gut and support your digestion. And that's a really easy thing that you can do. And when we start to get our digestion and our guts working really well, as I said, it can have a really big cascade effect on our health. And it's actually something that I have physically noticed with my health. Like when I consistently have apple cider vinegar or lemon with water upon waking, I feel like my digestion just works a lot better throughout the day, like less bloating and things like that. It just all feels quite comfortable throughout the day. Number two is putting your legs up the wall for about 10 minutes before you go to sleep. Putting your legs up the wall can be a really good position for fertility. It's like, I think it's actually a type of yoga position as well, but it can also help us activate our parasympathetic nervous system and decrease our stress levels, which is what we always want right before we go to bed. It can be a really nice way to force yourself to meditate or listen to something calming, even if it's just some calming music. Speaking of calming music, my favorite, favorite playlist is a playlist called Feminine Activation on Spotify. It's really beautiful for inviting that really nice calming energy, but it can be something that can help take us out of fight or flight mode and help activate our parasympathetic nervous system. It can be a really conscious ritual that you have before bed. It can be great for, you know, blood flow to all the right places. The other thing that you can do is when you wake up, and I love doing this, I actually do this when I'm driving a lot as well, is take some big, long, cleansing exhales upon waking or just like at any time. If you can take five deep breaths or three deep breaths at regular intervals during the day, that can be really good. If you notice it, and I bet you'll become conscious of this now, that it's almost like we kind of hyperventilate throughout the day. We're taking these really shallow breaths all throughout the day. When we take big, deep breaths, particularly long exhales, what they can do, and exhales, you know, like that push our diaphragm, diaphragm, like move our diaphragm, right? Then it can actually stimulate the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is this nerve that runs right through the middle, like of our body, down from our brains, right down 
tummies when we kind of stimulate and have good vagal tone that can help us in terms of switching off our fight or flight mode it also feels bloody good Ross always says to me he's like why do you sigh and I'm like because it feels great I'm going to try and do this for you without making it like a really crappy sound on the podcast but it like big nice size I'm going to just move the microphone away and see how this pans out so you wake up and then you want to take big deep breaths like cleansing breaths like this okay now I'm moving the microphone back See how they just feel like really good cleansing breaths. You can let out a sigh if you want. And if you can have really long exhales, it just feels cleansing. Like it just feels great. And sometimes people have this breathing where they'll, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take the microphone away. Like I sometimes I'll do sighs. Like before I start a yoga practice or something like that, like I'll be like, <sighs> if you're in the car, try it now. I'm actually going to pause and give you just a minute to try this yourself. Go on, try it. You know you can. You've got this. That feels good. How easy is that to just be conscious, taking a couple of deep breaths at regular intervals in the day, but particularly upon waking, big cleansing breaths, remind yourself that you're safe. Really easy thing, right? And that can help us create good vagal tone and help us like regulate our hormones a little bit better. The next thing is, I think this is really easy. It takes like all of five minutes a day and I recommend this to you all the time because this is one of the number one and the first things that I started doing on my journey that started to turn the ship around and that is to start a gratitude journal. It will literally change your outlook on life, okay? When we're in the Fertility Warrior Intensive, we have a bit of a different process for how we do all of these things that how we journal, but starting a gratitude journal can be a really great start to changing the way you look at things. Okay. So all you need to do is before you go to bed at night is write down three things that you're grateful for. Try to choose different things. Like don't just every night say, I'm grateful for my dogs. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my house. Don't do that. Try and think of like little things like I'm so grateful that I got to see the stars tonight. I'm so grateful that I got to work on time. I'm grateful that I got bought a coffee by or a soy chai latte by my coworker, whatever it is. Try to think of all different and little things. Before long, what you will be doing is just looking out all the time for, wow, that's really lovely. That's really lovely. That's awesome. And I have, I actually have an app on my phone. Oh, I don't even know what the name of it is, but I think it's called Gratitude. I have an Android phone, so I don't know if you have it like Apple iPhone peeps, but it's called Gratitude. And so I do this every night and the app looks like a little orange circle that's like yellowy at the top. And it's almost like a flower with two leaves, but the flower part is a love heart okay so it says gratitude in my thing this is what I do and it gives me little prompts every night it's like what are you grateful for Robin who's someone special for you Robin every night it does that and it takes me two seconds to just write out a couple of things that I'm grateful for but the other thing you can do with this little app which is I think it's free is you can take photos so you might walk outside and see some beautiful stars and be like "Mm, that's magic and then I just love this app anyway 
So that's a really easy thing to do, but there's been studies. I talk about this all the time. Studies. They've studied Vietnam vets. They've studied 9-11 survivors, and they've found that the ones who could be grateful for their blessings at the same time as going through some traumatic shit had less rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. And we can try and diminish the impact that stress has on our journey till the cows come home. But the reality is that there's a, like, I posted something on Instagram not so long ago that was quite controversial, but what it highlighted to me is that there's actually people who are very easily triggered on their journey because this journey is so stressful. It is absolutely feasible that many of you will have developed post-traumatic stress disorder. One of the ways that we can, a healthy coping mechanism on this journey, it sounds so simple, but studies have shown that people who have regular gratitude practices and who can be grateful for their blessings at the same time as, you know, going through hard things have all sorts of positive affects. So one of those, as I've said, is lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder, but they also have better immune systems, better overall health. They're 10% happier. They have lower rates of depression. It's a really important practice for you to start. Please start that today. The next thing, so this is number five, that's a really easy swap, okay, that you can make, is swap out lunch for like veggie sticks and hummus, okay? You might be like, what? So one of the key things that we can do to improve our health is reduce processed foods. Another thing we can do is to increase vegetables. So this is a really good thing that we can do. But in our membership, so we run a little monthly membership. It comes with a meditation. We do a joy list every month. So 10, like almost like a bucket list, but it's a joy list, right? So 10 things that will help you live a fucking amazing life whilst on this infertility journey. But we also have a thousand meal plans in there. Not quite a thousand, but you know, close to that. And in there, we have all these meal plans. And I sat there and put together the majority of these meal plans myself. And I looked, these meal plans showed like macronutrient levels, you know, so like protein, fats, and carbohydrates. But they also showed a lot of micronutrients. So that's like your iron levels, your folate levels and things like that. And can I tell you that many of you should be taking a good quality prenatal supplement. We have a fabulous tutorial in the membership, just an aside. So sorry, this isn't just a plug for the membership, but just to let you know that Elizabeth Cherevity, she's a naturopathic doctor who lives in Guelph in Canada, She and she has Two Rivers Health. She has provided us a little masterclass in there on how to choose a good prenatal supplement because there's good ones, there's dodgy ones. As with anything in life, there's good things and dodgy things. But back to the meal plans. When I was putting together these meal plans, it showed iron levels. Iron levels are so important for so many things. And fuck me if, look, just an ordinary diet made it quite hard to have both, you know, like I'm trying to have the right amount of calories here, trying to have a good combination of macronutrients. I'm trying to have like more inflammatory foods and I'm trying to get the right amount of things like iron and folate and zinc. And one of the key things, when I was struggling to put together these meal plans, two things would like give me a huge boost in like minerals and things like that, like iron, chickpeas and black beans. It's a common, you know, we talk all the time about heme and non-heme 
iron, we don't actually, we don't talk about it that much on the podcast, but a lot of people, when they're talking about iron, talk about heme and non-heme iron. And heme iron is, comes from meat sources. However, the ideal diet that you want is somewhat based on a Mediterranean diet, somewhat tweaked for fertility, but basically a Mediterranean diet, which is actually fairly low in red meat. Heme iron comes from things like red meat, and it means that it's better absorbed into your body. Non-heme iron comes from plant sources like chickpeas, black beans, lentils, and things like that. However, it's not as well absorbed into your body. However, there's a few things that you should actually notice. Actually, how much your body absorbs iron, your body can adapt to absorbing iron in different ways. But also, if you have vitamin C alongside non-heme iron, it actually ups your absorption. And we all think of vitamin C as oranges. They're actually not the best source of vitamin C. That's just, when we look at things like that, sometimes it's just that, you know, like some oranges board had really great marketing that marketed that this was the benefit of having oranges. But things like tomatoes and red capsicum are actually amazing sources of vitamin C. So when we look at Black beans, we often eat black beans with things like tomatoes and red capsicum. So we're actually eating that with sources of vitamin C at the same time. So the absorption is actually not that bad, right? And hummus was a great source. If we actually look at iron levels as well, lentils have more iron per gram than steak. So all things considered, a great thing to do during your lunch is swap out your lunch for veggie sticks and hummus, okay? That was a long number five. Number six is go to bed on time. Guys, stop dicking around on your phone. Stop watching one more show on Netflix because I know there's some great series out there and you get a bit addicted. I am terrible for this, but just go to bed on time. I think like 9.30 is a great time to go to bed. It gives you time. If you just set yourself like a rule, like I'm going to switch off the TV at this time and I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to read a few pages of a book or I'm going to write in my gratitude journal. I'm not going to dick around on my phone. If you parent yourself a little bit and go to bed on time, sleep is one of the number one. I cannot emphasize enough how important sleep is for our health and our fertility. It's so, so important, guys. Go to bed on time, okay? Parent yourself go to bed on time. It's bedtime. It's a school night. Just go to bed on time. Okay. The last one, this is a goodie guys. I bet you haven't even thought about this one. Number seven is start tuning into your moods and your cervical mucus rather than just testing your basal body temperature. So even if you're at a fertility clinic, there's going to be months when you're trying on your own and the better you can get at recognizing the signs and symptoms of your body, the better you can get at knowing when you're ovulating and knowing what time of the month it is and not just for fertility. So if you know my story, you might know that I've had a hysterectomy. Olivia's birth went a little bit pear-shaped and I don't get a period anymore which is great because I can wear white pants 365 days of the year. But it's also a bit shitty because during my fertility journey, I became so good at understanding my cycle, knowing my cycle, relying on my cycle to tell me things about where I'm at in the month that I don't have that definite. I mean, I suppose I could take an ovulation test or something or do my basal body temperature, but also hashtag why. But 
I actually can kind of tell by my moods and my cervical mucus these days. So we often rely on basal body temperature. I actually found tracking my basal body temperature so, so hard. But what I found really, really helpful is when I've got more energy, when I'm feeling more positive, when I'm feeling energized and hopeful and like taking action is actually often during my follicular phase. So as in like day one to 14 or whatever day ovulation is for you, that's when I'm feeling my most. So day one is when I'm like, this is going to happen. And you might feel like that anyway. You might think it's just because, you know, you're starting a fresh cycle. It's just the way that our bodies go. And actually, like the week that I'm going to get my period, I say that with inverted commas, period, because I don't get it anymore. I actually feel low, bit tired. We all know about, you know, PMS moody, but, you know, is when I feel like kind of resting and hibernating and things like that. And that's the second half of my cycle. So you might feel like that. And then when we look at cervical mucus, you know, like when it gets kind of, I don't even know how I can describe that. When it's kind of silky, that's towards when we're getting ready for ovulation, right? But when it's kind of tacky and like kind of dry and stuff like that, that's not really when we're about to ovulate, okay? So you can kind of, cervical mucus is actually probably one of the number one ways that you can track your ovulation. And basal body temperature only can tell you after you ovulate, but cervical mucus can actually give you really great indicators of when you're about to ovulate and when you're ovulating and when it's that like sticky kind of egg white consistency is pretty much when you're ovulating and so if you can start tuning into that tuning into your body and then you know like the beginning of the month might be when you want to have lots of social functions with friends and stuff like that and the end of the month might be when you want to hibernate and just watch netflix and rest and have day naps and stuff like that And it can just be a really nice way to support your body and go with the flow of what's happening with your body. But obviously, if you are way better at knowing when you're ovulating and things like that, major impact on fertility, right? I'm going to recap these seven little things that you can do. Number one, drink water with lemon on waking. Number two, legs up the wall at the end of the day for 10 minutes. Number three, three big exhales, like big cleansing exhales upon waking. Number four, start a gratitude journal yesterday, start it. Number five, swap out your lunch for veggie sticks and hummus. Number six, go to bed on time. And number seven, start tuning into your moods and your cervical mucus to have a better understanding of what's going on in your body. Thanks so much for listening. I had a lot of fun on this episode and I hope you enjoyed my little quick fixes or little quick health tips on minor changes that can have a major impact on your life in general and also your fertility. Bye then. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you would like more tools, resources and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinburkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.